Hello, and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of D-Rays Bay, and I am joined yet again by the fan I am most excited to see as a cardboard cutout at Tropicana Field, Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. I'm just and... posing. I'm trying to figure out what my pose is going to be. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I'm hoping that you have a great wig that you could put on. A wig, yeah. My wig game is pretty solid. I, I might have to. Might I'm have assuming to really you have uh, a faux back jersey you will wear. <laughs> faux back. I don't know. I think I got to go with the the classic Devil Rays. Oh, that that is appropriate. Mm -hmm. All right. And the man who will tell us who has been cut out of our poll, Brett Phillips. Hi, Brett. Hey guys, I'm back. We're all back. Can't get rid of us. <laughs> okay, so this was exciting. We have uh, concluded the voting on the Sweet 16 for the most beloved Rays players of all time in our bracket in anticipation of the shortened 2020 season. Very exciting. Let's get right into it. Brett, tell us the results. So number one with a bullet, we've got our number one seed facing our number five seed in Carl Crawford with Rock versus Rocco Baldelli. And wouldn't you know it, Carl Crawford took this one with 71% of the vote. Pretty low for a one seed, I think, at this point. I had actually, uh, both you and I, Danny, thought that this would be the biggest blowout of the matchup that, with the highest vote margin. And it turns out that we were very much wrong on that one. Uh, Carl Crawford only managed to get 71% of the votes against the well-beloved Rocco Baldelli. I mean, it's not surprising that he won. So we should be comfortable with that one seed. But the seventy percent is the is not a great bellwether for uh, for dominating in the later rounds that we've seen so mm -hmm. far, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. I wonder you if know, there's some CC weakness. Th there could be a little opening there. Rocco is so beloved that he does sort of transcend the, you know, his like playing time. But uh, you know, great great run for Rocco. It fitting that it ends with uh, maybe the prime era. You know, definite number one seed of Carl Crawford, and he gave he gave him a solid run, but uh, good run in the tournament for old Rocco. Yeah, I mean, did, we put him a five seed. We didn't expect him to make it to the final four. He overcame that. He snuck it in, and and now he's out. And I think that makes sense, particularly when we were talking about one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he managed to beat Scott Casimir at number uh, as the number four seed. Uh, so yeah, it was a good showing by Rocco. You know, I voted for CC, but it wasn't because any it wasn't because of any love lost for Rocco Baldelli. He's still the man, and like we've been saying before, he's going to be a big part of this uh, new 2020 baseball season decade. He's going to be he's, his best years are ahead of him for Rocco Baldelli. Mm -hmm. I hope we get a lot of him in our lives the same way we've seen a lot of Joe Madden even after he left the Rays that we've seen a lot of uh, Francona, like mm -hmm. some managers just kind of persist in a good way mm -hmm. and end up having coaching trees and great things happen. And I, I have a strong feeling that we'll get that from Rocco. This won't be the last we see of him. All right. What was our next matchup? Next matchup. Who will Carl Crawford be playing in the, in the uh, elite eight? So we've got, uh, the three seed Wade Boggs facing oh, no. off against the two seed Fred McGriff and Danny, oh, no. you are you are right to say oh no, you are right to be worried because in one of the closest matchups of the, <gasps> of the bracket, uh, Fred McGriff ends up beating Wade Boggs with sixty percent of the vote. Oh! And Danny, 
I know it hurts. It hurts. And I know this was what you thought, Jenny, would be the closest matchup of the uh, of this round. And you weren't that wrong. It was actually the second closest matchup of the round. Real, real close. Uh, but at the end of the day, there was one matchup that was just a little bit closer, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, Fred McGriff, the crime dog, wins the battle of the uh, animal-themed names, beating Ray Fogs, the chicken man. And he will be playing the number one seed, Carl Crawford, in the uh, Elite Eights. The so one in the two seats facing off. I don't, I don't hate it as a result. Two uh, players who became best friends uh, as Devil Rays, as inaugural Devil Rays. Uh, gosh, this hurts me because this is, I would have had this not not facing off before the conclusion of the Devil Rays, man. If I could have properly gerrymandered, I would not have made Chicken Man and Crime Dog face off together before the <laughs> concluding vote. I think that would have been a great finale. I love that this was close. I still think Wade Boggs is Mr. Devil Ray in my brain. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who can hate Fred McGriff? It's impossible to hate Fred McGriff. And, and the thing with, with McGriff, too, obviously, I think a, a lot of kids, especially if they grew up in the South, because you have all of his best, you know, kind of years are with the Braves. And then he even has two really, 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 really good years with the Devil Rays. You know, McGriff is sort of a part of that, like, kind of Southern baseball, uh, like, royalty in a way. And just mm-hmm. a, such a good guy. Really fun player, amazing swing, very cool player in the sense that he just had this like really, you know, great left-handed stroke that could hit some home runs, good, uh, just a guy you want to watch and want to root for. And yeah, he was kind of a part of that. uh, With with anybody that played sort of with like the Braves or the Cubs, you do get that like sort of sense of, you know. Uh, TBS or WGN, they're on a lot. You see them a lot. And obviously the 90s Braves, they were on, you know, TBS and then also on on uh, ESPN a lot. You get to see them a lot. And so you become very familiar with those type of players. So McGriff was a, a star player and a really well-known guy. And so when he went to the Devil Rays, he had that higher profile than even a, a Wade Boggs in the sense that Wade Boggs is a very well-known baseball guy. Fred McGriff, I think you could get a lot of people that were maybe so-so baseball fans that could recognize Fred McGriff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this is this is who I voted for here. No disrespect to uh, to Boggs, but McGriff played very well with the Devil Rays and was just one of my favorite players growing up. So I uh, yeah. I think this is a this is a good showing for Fred McGriff, and I think he could uh, give CC a real challenge. I yeah, buy that. I, think- I buy that as well. I mean, Tampa's always been haunted by the Yankees, but outside of the Tampa area, Braves were really the dominating force before the Devil Rays came along. And uh, not just because it was TBS, but also because it was just Atlanta sports. And before sports were prevalent Mm -hmm. in Florida the way that they are today, Atlanta sports mattered in the South. And uh, yeah, it's no surprise that Fred McGriff is popular enough to unseat Wade Boggs. It just cuts me real deep. I'm sorry. I know it hurts. I, when I saw it, how close it was, I did feel bad. Uh, but to be fair, I also voted for Fred McGriff. So I guess that is what it is. Uh, so All in the right. final, in the final uh, battling for the, um, for the, uh, the, the Vince Namoli region at the end of the day will be Carl Crawford and Fred McGriff. And we'll have the uh, voting for that up a little later in the week as well. 
Moving on to the Glory Days region, the Joe Madden region, we have uh, the arguably Mr. Ray Evan Longoria, the number one seed, uh, facing off against the number four seed in David Price. And uh, spoiler alert, Longo takes this one. But it's surprising at the level of uh, the amount of votes that Evan Longoria got, I would say. Longoria ended up beating Price with 91.4% of the vote. The biggest blowout of the round, something that Darby predicted, Nostra Darbus over here predicted, (laughs) that uh, Evan Longoria would be the biggest blowout of this round, and you were correct on that one. But yeah, he absolutely torches David Price. Uh, Evan Longoria moving on to the uh, final round in the uh, the region. What do you guys think? So with Longo, one of the reasons why I thought he was going to have the the biggest blowout, and it was nothing. Like I said last last week, it was nothing against David Price because I think this is a closer matchup when you come to just players' impact on the Rays. But it's just one of those things where every little category ticks to Longo when it's head to head, and so it really is hard to vote. Price over Longo when it's head-to-head because it's like, okay, better player with the Rays. Uh, it is Longo. Longer tenure, Longo. Um, maybe more like cultural impacts, Longo. So it's, it's you know, bigger playoff moments, bigger like scene, like everything kind of is this, it's close and it's a lot closer than this result would show, but everything falls in those check marks to, to Longoria. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I actually undersold it. I said 86%. He was even over 90%. So um, <laughs> huge, huge showing. Obviously, Longoria is beloved. And uh, and yeah, this is just one of those tough matchups. Tough uh, tough seed in for, for Price to, to catch, you know. Yeah. Duck or not catch the, the number one seed. Yeah. Darby, there, there was a period of time with like four hours to go where Longo was winning by 86% of the vote. And I was freaking out. <laughs> I was like, this can't, this can't be happening. <laughs> Because that was the exact prediction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was his exact prediction. He put it in the books at 86%. And I told him that if he got it right, we'd like cancel the whole (laughs) bracket and you would just win. You'd win the – Darby would be the most beloved race player of all time. All right. Well, poor poor one out for David Price. Yeah. uh, Who did not get enough credit as a race player, left to get a much higher profile and continues to not get enough credit every single place that he goes – we mentioned it previously on this uh, very uh, podcast, these episodes that we've been doing about this bracket. It was highway robbery that he was not the World Series MVP for the Red Sox. I will be mm-hmm. upset about that as long as I can remember David Price a person. Until Alzheimer's takes me, that will be unbelievable. Oh, God. I am not <laughs> at high risk for Alzheimer's. I'm just trying to say, like, the Lakeland launcher – could have gotten the truck from price price could have just given him the truck right (laughs) all right moving on moving on who will uh evan longoria play uh for the uh battle for the joe madden region we've got the six seed carlos pena who faced off against the two seed ben zobrist both just truly beloved wonderful people wonderful rays but someone had to win the matchup and in this particular case ben zobrist took it from carlos pena the number six seed Uh, with 71.6% of the vote. And I know how much I talked about Carlos Pena last podcast and how much I I loved him and how I think it was the correct answer for him to beat James Shields. But, I mean, even I got to vote for Ben Zobrist, who, like we've talked about before, is my personally my favorite, most beloved, right, and who I will continue to vote for um, throughout the entire bracket. Not sure if if other people feel the same way, but 
anyway, yeah, it was it was a brutal one for Pena, and it's a shame that he got matched up against a guy like Ben Zobris. But he put up a fight, and he made it pretty far into the bracket, and we can all be proud of Carlos Pena. I mean, I didn't vote at all on this one uh, out of protest because James Shields should have been in this position instead of Carlos Pena. Because I think Shields could have had... No, I'm, who am I kidding? Zobrist, of course, was going to win this one. The, yeah. the matchup between Zobrist and Longoria was faded. This was, this was just like when the bracket came out, it, you knew this was going to be the final four matchup or the yep. Elite Eight matchup. And yeah, it's going to be a really good, good matchup. I, I don't know who's going to win on this one. We'll talk about our predictions and our prop bets later. Um, but yeah, I mean, Zobris is such a beloved, still to this day, a beloved Rays player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he, you go, you go from the Rays and then you go to like Chicago to be now this next sort of second half of his career, which is the other beloved team, like for most of baseball. So he, he's just a guy that's fairly beloved and very deservingly so. And immense player sort of changed the game. Um, really redefined a position or pres- multiple position type of uh, utility player. So really yeah. great, great performance. And uh, can't wait for this next round matchup for them. Yeah. Longo and Zobris fighting it out. We'll see how, who will see who wins that one. All right, moving on. We've got uh, the number one seed, Kevin Kiermeyer, who faced off against the number four seed, Willie Adamas. Um, I predicted that this would be the closest matchup in the whole entire bracket. I had been saying that I thought that Kevin Kiermeyer was one of the softest number one seeds by just fan attention and by people voting for him. And it turns out that I was uh, entirely wrong. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer de- destroys Willie Adonis with 72.5% of the voting which is almost identical to the number of percentage of the votes that he got against Austin Meadows, uh, the number nine seed in the previous round. Really, really interesting result. I'm wondering, what do you guys think of this? I mean, it seems like Kevin Kiermeyer's staying power in this bracket has been really, really impressive. He might have a very strong stable of supporters. You know, that that percentage is interesting where – you love Kiermeyer, or you maybe you're like looking for those new face, right? Meadows, new face, Willie Adamas, new face. But that that strong support, that base, his base is uh, potentially uh, going to carry him this far. It's potentially carried him past, you know, the upstarts with that one season of brilliance. So very interesting. Once you wade into the pool of those deep green eyes. <laughs> it's not easy to swim back up to the surface. Just takes you down. Takes you right down. That was yeah, a really I, good like late night radio voice too. <laughs> Look, I like the idea of KK having a base, like a base support that he's just yeah, going to consistently base. get an oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we sure we're not talking about Pena? <laughs> so I, I like the idea of KK having su- succinct and uh, successive <laughs> vote totals i almost went into too much alliteration there um okay so who's who's kk gonna face off against so kk the blue-eyed devil is gonna face off Green. against the winner 
Blue. Green eyes, sorry. Green. <laughs> I'm looking at blue right here. I'm getting confused. Green eyes, sorry. Kimmer's going to uh, block you on Twitter again. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> he's facing off against the number uh, – who the winner of the matchup between the number three seed and the number two seed. The three seed was Blake Snell, and the two seed was Chris Archer. Um, we had all kind of predicted that there was going to be an upset in this round, and we all kind of basically predicted that it would be Blake Snell over Chris Archer. And we all were correct in that. Um, Snell actually defeats Chris Archer with 83.4% of the votes, which is the second highest vote margin in this round. Um, wow. Yeah. He, he's bested only by Longo's epic showing of 91.4% against David Price. So Snell, the uh, it, it was technically an upset, but if you go by the voting, it looks like just – a number one seed facing off against a number four seed. Yeah, that's that's really, really strong voting for Snell. Uh, I mean, a lot of that is going to be a Cy Young Award's going to carry you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at no point has Snell been like a team captain in the same way that Chris Archer was the face of the bad Rays. Um, no disrespect to uh, <laughs> to the non-playoff appearing Rays, but I'm just saying... They weren't great teams. And, and it helps, too, that Blake Snell is still on the team, too. And We've it helps that Snell is here now. Yes. Yeah. Blake yeah, I, I think this is one of those situations, too, where, I mean, both Chris Archer and Snell have pretty good big personalities who aren't, like, you know, super shy around the camera and attention um, in very different ways, obviously. Um, but I think Blake Snell really does have this – so you have strong appeal right now as like kind of emerging as a vocal leader for the Rays for uh, his own personal brand and just for, you know, being a marketable MLB star. Uh, I sort of talked about that with, with McGriff. There's very few like recognizable stars in MLB, but like Snell is sort of emerging as like a, a guy that other people besides the Tampa St. Pete mm-hmm. I four corridor might recognize and maybe it's for other things, um, but it's 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 he is putting himself out there. He is emerging as a as a name and face to know, and he's an amazing pitcher. And we've seen him do amazing. We've also seen the flashes, and uh, yeah, it's it's super exciting to see what he can do in the sixty game season as well. Yeah, going back through last round's uh, matchup, Snell beat Tyler Glass now with seventy five percent of the vote. And Snell beats Archer with 83% of the vote, the number two seed. So, again, I think it just goes to show how people – how playing for the team right now, for a team that's doing pretty well, whose window is opening, who will be who will be pretty good with their young stars for the next couple of few years or so, mm-hmm. really makes you want to vote for them. <laughs> in right. the eyes Higher of the percentage for Snell versus former Ray than it yes. was against Snell versus current Ray. I can see that. Definitely. So we'll have Kevin Kiermeyer and Blake Snell facing off, uh, and we'll see how that ends up going. Final two matchups, the Folk Heroes region of the bracket. Spring it. This matchup, the number one seed in Dan Johnson versus the number four seed in G-Man Choi, the, the epitome of beloved older Ray and beloved newer Ray, just the absolute pure distillation of those two ideas, kind of coming down to the absolute wire with this matchup. This matchup was so obscenely close. 
It was mm. separated by two whole votes. Woo! Two votes. That's like two people. Two votes. <laughs> the winner of this one, the winner of this matchup, won it with 50.4% of the vote. And with at the absolute last minute, it was G-Man Choi who came and took it away from the Rays hero, Dan Johnson. An absolute nail-biter of a finish. I, I, this is the closest matchup in the whole entire bracket so far. And Darby, you correctly predicted that it would be. So, so far you are four for four with our, with our prop betting. <laughs> I, I called you this before, but you have been Nostradarbus. You've been wonderful at it. You, you, I'm going to start asking you to bet for me in Las Vegas or something. But yeah, G-Man Shore, man. I mean, this is incredible. This was yeah. a this was a matchup I think we were all were really excited about because yeah this this is this lived up to it this lived up to all the hype we had yeah Danny what do you think of this because this is the most distillation of recent versus classic right, right. we've so been we, talking about this in the true tournament. upset I mean I know we talked about Snell as just like blowing away here but this is the fall of the number one seed. Dan Johnson. First number one seed to go down. Yep. Postseason hero. A man who you could build a statue of outside the stadium if people would say, yeah, that's right. That's fair. Seats in the stands, you know, have been replaced to commemorate where his home runs landed. And yet, he is not moving on because we are all in the crowd waving our yellow towels, chanting G-Man Choi's name months ago. And I, it, this is such recency bias, but I don't... <laughs> it I, so is. I don't hate it. I'm excited about G-Man Choi moving on. It is compelling to think about G-Man Choi putting up a fight here in the Elite Eight. I think it's really fun. Is it true? Is it lasting? Will G-Man Choi endure throughout Ray's fan history as a beloved Ray's player. Uh, maybe in the way that like Sam Fult does right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But mm -hmm. not in a Dan Johnson kind of way. Yeah. But there's still time. You know, uh, as long as the Rays don't trade G-Man Choi away, there's an opportunity here where he could become postseason hero G-Man Choi. Well, and that's the thing too that we have to think about right now, right? So, so G-Man Choi versus Dan Johnson, just as players, like G-Man Choi has produced a lot more for the Rays in terms of this, the raw like ability. Dan Johnson always had like that flash of like, oh, this guy's going to be something. They, they gave him a big push uh, in, in, they gave him a big opportunity in 2010 and he did pretty well, but didn't quite fully get there. But Dan Johnson is moments, mm -hmm. right? He, he mm -hmm. is, his career um, may not have like ever had that sustained level. G-Man's already the last two seasons been a very, very good major league player for the Rays. He's a two-win player last year and was part of the best or the, the sixth best first baseman uh, with Yandy Diaz, who we'll talk about mm -hmm. soon. Uh, but the moments, right? So G-Man is a lot of personality incredibly easy to root for really really fun if you do like danny said if you get one or two 
epic, iconic moments, suddenly he's, he is potentially this next generation's Dan Johnson. Because you then have a lot of fun moments that maybe don't have that big, big energy. But then you also, if you can get like that one game-saving home run or that mm -hmm. one epic walk-off in one or two of those, suddenly now he has a real case to be not only Dan Johnson, the folk hero, but also mm -hmm. G-Man Choi. Man, remember that, 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 that was a pretty good era, kind of combining the Sam Hold and Dan Johnson of really fun role player that was actually pretty good. And, oh, he also was these iconic, the natural baseball movie type of crazy moments. Absurd narratives with, with Dan Johnson. And I don't think, I think you're right, Darby. There's no one else on the team right now that is even close to like the legacy of like the Dan Johnson mantle, you know, especially just when it comes to the, the, the level of impact that he had in those like incredible, insane moments. No one else on the team has come close other than G-Man Troy. And it would take, you know, another, maybe a, a come from behind home run or something to really get me to think about this as like these two are sort of on the same level when it comes to folk hero status. But again, I, I, I am surprised by the result. I did vote for Dan Johnson, um, you know, been a fan for a while. And it, it, there's, I love that there's someone who seems ready to take up that mantle who's on the team right now. Uh, and and I, I'm glad it was close. It was definitely the most interesting matchup between the two. But yeah, it, um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and we'll see who G-Man Troy has to face off against next week be interesting um okay tell us all right yeah i wanted to tell you i want to say it <laughs> uh so g-man troy uh is going to face off against the winner of the 14 seed yandi diaz and the number two seed akinori iwamura I and just, just i just can't yeah. i we already you, know. what a matchup we know what's happening we already know who won this one um, the George Mason of the Rays Most Beloved bracket continues to wreak havoc. Yandi Diaz beats Akinori Iwamoro 60.5% of the vote on this one. Um, you know, we've talked about guys who have big moments, and Yandi Diaz does have a big postseason moment, even though he's been with the team for a year. He does have those two home run moments in Oakland, uh, that helped lead the uh, way for the race to win the wild card game, but I mean, I mean, how about this? How about but when this you result? say Yandy Diaz, you don't go wild card game hero Yandy Diaz in the same way. I do. John well, you kind of do. do. I think I you kind of do a little bit. Okay. Okay. That, that was that was I think a moment that really was this shock. I mean, if you do think about it, right? Is the guy that was injured who who's brilliant breakout season right the season that we were waiting for the season that cleveland fans were waiting for that never occurred he was breaking out he was hitting home runs the launch angle was a little higher and then he gets injured at the very end of the game and it's it's kind of like ah oh, what a shame but we're excited to see where it goes from there but then he comes back and he kind of kirk gibson's it like out of nowhere we had left him behind and suddenly he is back just for that game basically they activated him just so that he can basically make Sean Minaya's life a living hell in Oakland. <laughs> and he did just that. I mean, with a leadoff home run, too. That's one of the underrated aspects. Like, you're just queuing the game up. You're just settling in for what's going to be a long night in Oakland's uh, 
uh, I guess it's a glass house. I shouldn't say negative things about the stadium. <laughs> but, you know, the Rays, you know, they got their Navy tops on. You're just starting to settle in. They're like, oh, what is this game going to be like? I, I mentioned that because it's it, the Rays are wearing like the dark Navy tops and Ogo is wearing the dark green tops. And I'm looking at the uniforms and I'm like, what, are we really doing this right now? These are, this is a horrendous clash. Like my brain hasn't even fully settled in the fact that Yanni Diaz is back, that he's at the plate, that he's got 14 home runs on the season despite being somewhat injured. Mariah's just kind of like throwing all around the zone anyway. He's not even trying to pitch to Yanni Diaz. So mentally, I'm not there. I'm just completely checked out. And then the bicep power is so clear. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a walk. Manaya's wanted nothing to do with Diaz. So once, <laughs> I'm, once I'm going to the mind palace here, right, and I'm revisiting this moment, you're right. This was extremely exciting. I mean, now, I'm also a visual learner, so I remember the rude awakening of the colors as a colorblind person. Like, it just didn't make sense. But that comes into the zone. That one pitch just drops right in and laser. Right to right field. Yeah, I'm back in it. <laughs> it, it that was yeah. that was so much free association. Oh my god. That was great. That was like Hunter S. Thompson S. <laughs> I mean, I was just like <laughs> I, if you can really go there in your brain, it was a really incredible moment. There you know, you get, had no business being in this game. The the Oakland Coliseum is one of again, we, we talk about like Oakland gets maybe more clown than the Trop, but those two stadiums are the most clown by fans. I mean, everywhere. one of two th- stadiums there uh, flooded with poop on a regular basis. The other one, just yeah. Started. You know what? It happens. You know, Glass what's, a, what's a little sewage leaking amongst friends? But here's the thing with Oakland, right? That Coliseum, when you pack it with fans, and it was packed with fans, yeah. it is a the loudest non-dome stadium you can imagine. It is crazy yeah. for baseball to be that loud and the drums and the excitement and then suddenly the most least typical leadoff man you could possibly imagine a man who is a hercules on earth just suddenly is stepping up to lead off the game and then he that was the type of thing where you have a a boxing match where suddenly that first punch suddenly is like oh oh this is this fight's going to go different than i was expecting like i thought this might have been like let's try to grind out some runs let's try to get some stuff but for Oakland to get punched in the face right away mm-hmm. and to take just a bit of that air right out of that, that, the lungs of those fans, that was epic. That was a moment. that It, may, it wasn't a walk-off home run, but it was the, boom, Razor here, let's do this. And, right, that, and that was pretty much chance. all Charlie freaking Morton needed. And so mm-hmm. that was the thing. That was the moment that was like, we're taking this game. We're not afraid. We're not intimidated by the Oakland Coliseum. And the 70,000 fans or whatever. Right. And he did it twice. That's the other thing. Back-to-back plate appearances. Lead-off home run on the pitch that was like a mistake in the zone. It's worth mentioning, he hit the second home run to the same place. Yeah. Like straight into like the first couple rows of right field. But it was not an easy pitch to hit. If memory serves, it was like high and away. And he still just like threw the bat out there and, and made similar, strong, Powerful bicep contact. It was the same pitch as the first the first at bat that he hit the home run. It was the same pitch, the same swing, and the same result. I think that was the call. 
same pitch yeah. in a better location if you're a pitcher, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, one should be feeding. It was the pitch that Manaya wanted on the first one. That, probably. <laughs> and and he he like, I tell you what, I'm going to do it right. Because I think he was looking for the strikeout, too. I think Manaya yeah. had uh, two yeah. strikes on him. Sure. And, uh, yeah, Rays win. Aki, yep. amazing run. He has some great moments. He he was a very good player with the Rays. You know, he had uh, a couple three-win seasons. This is a, a very good Devil Ray and Ray. He has the iconic moment in Game 7. Um, right. of, of he will be longer remembered than Yandy Diaz. If you were to just take those yeah. two postseason moments, scooping yeah. up the ALCS delivering ground ball versus – hitting a couple of really fun home runs. I mean, Aki is the more beloved. But recency bias wins the day. Uh, the biceps curl on. And, the biceps uh, curl on. I guess it will be Diaz against... Uh, but I'm glad sure. that, Danny, you've, you've come to that realization. We are all here to, <laughs> to right. share in with this with you. All right. Uh-huh. Well, hey, let, let's kick it to a break. And uh, when we come back, we can do some prop bets. All right, Brett. Let's get into it. What are our prop bets for the Elite Eight? For the Elite Eight, we've got four different prop bets, the same ones as we were looking at last week. We've got, I want to ask you guys, what will be the closest matchup? Which, will be the, which one will be the uh, G-Man Troy slash Dan Johnson matchup of this week, which is going to be the closest down to the wire? Uh, which will be the matchup with the uh, biggest blowout with the widest range in vote margin. I want to ask you to, yes or no, uh, will someone get over 80% of their vote in their matchup? And whether or not, yes or no, there will be an upset. Will a lower seed defeat a higher seed? And I've got what I think will happen, but I'm going to keep track of what we're doing. And again, Add up all the points at the end, and that'll be the winner of the uh, the uh, hit show bracket prop bet trophy again Great. that no one's getting. All right, so let's start with – let's work backwards there. So among our upcoming uh, four votes, we've got CC and McGriff, Longo and Zobrist, KK and Snell, and then Choi versus Yandy. Which one of those – is going to be an upset if we had to pick one. I think that's a great first question because I think the answer is very clear. Snell. Mm. I think this is the moment where KK's base falls out. I know that we just built out this whole theory that there's a contingent of KK supporters who are going to vote for KK the whole way through. I'm wondering if that's just internet shenanigans and Snell's going to come right over the top and win the Neander bracket. Yeah, I actually agree with this. I, I was going to go for my biggest upset or the, the upset uh, that I think will happen here. The only upset I think that will happen in this is actually going to be Snell over KK. Um, Similar reason, I, I think Snell just has, he, he's, the performance levels of you're re- Snell. You're really making the case right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's, I, I think for me, and I maybe, this is the point where I will, if, if KK wins this, I will really be eating crow because I feel like I've undersold <laughs> him the entire time here. But this is sort of one of those matchups where, where Blake Snell, Cy Young, he has that national 
um, kind of profile that I think is going to carry him through here. That that when you get a close matchup like Longo versus Price, this is going to be another one of those like pretty close, both are pretty well-known, face of the franchise type of thing. I think a couple of those little ticks are going to go towards Snell. I think it's going to be a very close matchup, but I think Snell takes it just by the the most narrow last couple years. Snell has been better than KK. And I think that just a little bit of recency is going to push him over the top. Okay. That's interesting. I, I actually do not think that. I don't think that this bracket or this uh, round is going to have an upset. I think Whoa. that we're going to get chalk all the way down. I, yeah, that's my take. I, didn't I realize thought it was that you were going to say McGriff. <laughs> no, I that that is a good um, that that that's a really good matchup. I I don't think that McGriff is going to beat Carl Crawford. I think just by the level of success that Crawford had with the team the for volume. a while and how the, we, the volume, volume of success. Yeah. Crawford, uh, despite the recent uh, negative news headlines that have come on. Yeah, unfortunately. Crawford's sheer volume and presence as a Rays and Devil Rays star. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't see the the upset there. Longo is going to win the whole thing. Uh, KK, we've been calling the week one seed. We were wrong. Dan Johnson was the week one seed, clearly. Yeah. Um, But, okay, so none of us are saying Yandy. We think Yandy's march ends here. <laughs> Yandy's march to the sea. I think so. I think I do think that Yandy's march, Yandy's march will end here. I think that Yandy and Choi are both. To be clear, I also say Yandy in honor of Gandhi. It's it's a. Uh, I understand. It's all right. Go on. Gandhi, Yandy. Okay. Uh, I think that him and Troy are very similar players, not by how they play or whatever, but by their sort of demographics and that they're both really popular current players on the team that is doing very well right now. I think that we don't have to account for like maybe, you know, Aki was so far back that people kind of forget, you know, maybe Dan Johnson again was so far back that people who recently became fans of the team in the past six or seven years don't really have those fond memories of Danjo. Everyone remembers Yandi. Everyone remembers G-Man Choi. They're still on the team. They're still really popular. I think that Choi's, the love for Choi is really what's going to kick him over the top for this one. This is my prediction for closest matchup. Me too. I think this is going to be an incredibly close. I think it could come down to just a couple of votes either way. Um, but I, I agree with Brett. I think that the Choi love, that just the Choi to the world sort of aura that is G-Man. It's it's sort of like an extra spark. You know, it's that that uh, thing that you just really can't quantify. You You're know? telling it's, me that Choi sparks joy? You made that joke four times in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're I think we're on a streak here. But yes, it he is does. the Esteban Yan of podcast. Yes, now that Esteban's gone, uh, we needed something else. But yeah, no, he does. He does spark joy though. That is the thing. Like just his, he is the most joyful player in baseball right now. Like if you really think about it, like there are better players. Absolutely, there are even players that are super charismatic immediately like that. But there is just something about him. It's, I think, that, that mix of, you know, 
body type isn't the like hyper athlete, you know, like Yandi looks like a superhero. You know, he looks like a cartoon character in real life. Choi is always smiling. He's always dancing. His dances are maybe not even that super coordinated, but they're like, I, I kind of like relate to this guy. Like I've been the Choi at a club before. <laughs> uh, and, and there is just something to like, you want him to succeed. You want Choi to do it. And it's that maybe that sampled like level of you're not expecting him. We don't, you don't have the, this is a top tier elite level athlete that you want to be the top star player. This is the guy who everybody loves, every fan, every player, every teammate, and you want them to succeed and you want them to keep that set kind of magical run going. So I think when it comes to this one, as close as it's going to be, I think Choi is so hard to vote against because he's so lovable. I yeah. think Snell KK is our closest because I think it's not a commanding win for Snell. I think he ekes it out. Brett, what were our other prop bets? What, what else do we need to, to, to look at? So we've all gone through whether or not there'll be an upset. We've mm -hmm. all gone through which will be the closest. Which mm -hmm. one do you, which matchup do you guys think will have the widest vote margin? Will be the biggest miss, is the biggest mismatch uh, by votes uh, in this round. All right, Brett, you're not going to like it. It's Longo. You know what? That's funny you say that because I also think it's Longo. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. Longo is going to, to trounce Zobrist in a head-to-head -head matchup. I, I think he's going to – I think Longo, just by virtue of him being Longo, is going to win this one. I don't necessarily, though, think it's going to be like a massive destruction of Ben Zobrist. So I, I don't think that Longo, even though it's the my prediction for the biggest blowout of this uh, round, it won't, he won't get 80% of the votes. Hmm. That's what I think. That's what I'm. That's what I'm putting out there into the universe and hoping that it comes back as true. Okay. But you do, Danny. You think he's going to destroy, wipe the floor with Ben Zobrist? I do. I don't think he stands a chance. Okay. Darby, I think that's a good pick. Uh, I think you know, just like last time, you know, Longo versus a player who is barely comparable in terms of huge impact on the Rays' legacy. I mean, you know, Ben Zobrist peak, peak year better than Longo. Yep. You have longevity, huge volume with Zobris. You have iconic change of the game with Zobris. I think if anybody can take down Longoria, I think it is Ben Zobris. I've been saying that the whole time. I am picking Longoria to win. I do not think it is going to be the biggest blowout. I, I think it's, it's going to be, I don't think any of these matchups are going to have over 80%. I don't think anybody's okay. going to have that. Um, I think this one is going to be a little closer than the matchup that I'm about to pick. I think Snell, KK, and then my, my pick, obviously, of, of uh, Choi over Yandi, closest. I think they're all going to be in that, like, max 60% range, maybe 65. Like, really, they're, they're going to be close. They're going to be within a few votes. I think the biggest blowout, still under 80%, is CC over the crime dog. I, I think... Okay. This is where that McGriff is a very beloved player, but I think CC as a Ray, it's just those close matchup. You're going to vote CC because he is kind of Mr. Devil Ray, right? Yeah. He is the guy that you associate with the Devil Rays and then continues it into the success of the Rays 
Whereas I think Fred McGriff is a good icon to the South, like we said, of Southern baseball. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to beloved Rays, Devil Rays, it's going to be Carl Crawford. And I think it's going to be closer than a big 80% blowout, but I think it will be the biggest margin. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. If I had to make my wager on 80%, I would put CC winning 80%. I would put Longo winning 80%. Okay. Wow. So you think it, you think both of those will be pretty one-sided? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Very I'm cool. Both. The Longoria one over Zobrist, it could very well be like a Longo-David Price matchup where everything is so close, but every little tick goes yeah. to Longo. You know, mm-hmm. every little tiny, like, coin flip is Longo's. And so it might be this Zobrist would get, like, ranked choice balloting. Zobrist is the second <laughs> highest vote total of anybody uh-huh. in this tournament. But because of the way it's matched up, I think Longoria will win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought wouldn't be surprised that I thought, at a blowout, but I, I thought that it would be Longoria and Dan Johnson in the final, uh, the, the final national championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dan Johnson's already gone. So clearly, I'm, I'm my my bracket's busted. It's all <laughs> good. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Rounding we'll get the out. voting out this weekend. We'll get it up on the site. And uh, really looking forward to seeing how all this goes. And also looking forward to the return of Rays baseball. Wow. Feels like a dream. One, one, last, one last sort of prop bet I want to toss in there right now because it's going to be for the next one. Bring it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just like sort of like a, like a yes or no, but because there's only a few matchups it could actually apply to. Do you think because this next round, the Elite Eight and the Final Four are going to be done during actual baseball, do you think that could potentially create a different run? Like, do you think maybe the G-Man Choi mm. or or ah. Snell or Cake? Like, do you think well, they so could actually, yes, upset that, Longo? So what I'm starting to think about is the Rays are back. The Rays are on. Uh, I I do think that the current Rays get a little get a little frisky here. A little little boost in the voting. Mm-hmm. But they're facing off against each other. KK Snell mm-hmm. and Troy Yandy. I mean, yeah, this is this is going to be for basically the finals because right. it's yeah. going to be right. a modern Ray right. versus a classic. It's going to be against a Zobrist, a Longoria, a Crawford, or a McGriff versus maybe coming off of a fresh, like a perfect game from Snell. Suddenly, <laughs> oh, maybe oh, wow. I'm going Snell over over a Longoria yeah. or G Man just hit a walk off home run uh, against the Yanks out of nowhere off of Chapman right and suddenly that's that boost so I, I'm very curious to see how that goes but I, I would be I would think that potentially a really good game or a really bad game could maybe be the difference between these modern era rays okay the next round. we'll have to see we'll have to see in like two weeks <laughs> all right well that'll do it for us thank you for listening to the hit show mm-hmm.